Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the West of the Rest podcast, where we talk West Coast recruiting from the Bay Bridges to the Desert Ridges. I am Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, the National Recruiting Editor at 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, and after a week off, Huff, because of travel and, and other things, we're back, baby. Good to be here, Blair. It's good to be anywhere, and with the weather I have been experiencing in Washington, I could use some Desert Ridges, like... April style right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting time. We down in Southern California, we've had sun nonstop, and it's been amazing. But obviously, we had a little bit of rain. We had uh, some some chillier temperatures. I was actually at the Rose Bowl this past weekend on Saturday to see the USC UCLA game, uh, and it got a little nipply. So you know, we're we're starting to get into that part of the year now where you you feel it in your bones. And that just means that we're that much closer to the early signing period. We're about a month away now from basically, you know, the the big signing day, as we call it now. And a lot is happening. We're going to get into some recruiting buzz from out West. We're also going to discuss the recruit performance of the week, which this week it happens to be a 2024 prospect that shot up in the new update for the top 24-7 in next year's cycle. But let's begin, Huff, with our overreaction segment. And let's stay there at the Rolls Bowl where USC knocked off crosstown rival UCLA and now is is in the driver's seat appears to be headed to the college football playoff if they beat Notre Dame this weekend if they win the Pac-12 championship I don't see how they are kept out of the top four considering that their only loss was by one point on the road at Utah which is also a, a top 15 team right now in the rankings the impact that that could have for USC if they continue on this on this trajectory could be monumental heading into the early signing period well, and that's what the Pac-12 has been looking for. I mean, they've been looking for an opportunity to get back to the playoff. They haven't been there since 2016. They've looked for an opportunity to get a second team into a New Year's Six Bowl. They haven't had that opportunity since 2017. So this is one of those years where it could be very valuable to the Pac-12 to have a team like USC win out get them into the playoff. Maybe they are sacrificial lamb in Georgia uh, in the Peach Bowl. Maybe they're a team that can pull off a stunner. Well, I think the Pac-12 would like nothing more than to have USC in a playoff game and then the loser of the Pac-12 championship game get into the Rose Bowl. There's millions of reasons why the Pac-12 needs that. But then it also just shows 
what you can do with the transfer portal in one year. We saw Chip Kelly address that on, on Saturday night after they lost about how quickly Lincoln Riley got things turned around at USC. And that doesn't just serve as a blueprint for the Pac-12. If you're Arizona State and Colorado, you're going to be watching, but nationally, that you can be 4-8 and eight, and then you can be a potential playoff team the next year if you use the portal right. Yeah, and... and- you know, on the basis of our overreaction segment, like I think my overreaction here is that this is exactly what USC can be, right? And, and I wonder, over, are we overreacting, or is this, or is this kind of the trend that they're going to be on now with Lincoln Riley, right? Like, are we just living in the moment with Caleb Williams being a Heisman hopeful, with you know the the type of offensive firepower that they've shown this season, with the turnaround quickly that Lincoln Riley was able to do via the transfer portal, landing the likes of Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and and Mario Williams and a few other prospects that you know had already been established stars at the college level, or or could this be a true, more broader scope of what we could expect out of USC once they do move over to the Big Ten? You know, I, I think I look at the way they recruit and the way they are recruiting. Uh, a lot of noise early on in the recruiting cycle. I think we forget that they have three five-star prospects committed to them because it happened such a long time ago, but they've been in the mix for a number of other players. I think they've been able to juggle high school recruiting, but also keeping an eye on the transfer portal and realizing that they are a destination for a lot of prospects that are maybe looking for a change of scenery or to play in warmer weather or to play in a more attractive offense. Like there's a lot working right now for Lincoln Riley that I think that this is the ideal scenario that USC fans were were hoping would happen. Uh, I don't know if they expected it to happen in year one, but here we are and they're two wins away from essentially locking up a spot and potentially getting a chance to face Georgia as the four seed. I mean, this is what USC should be, right? I mean, we we both have watched what USC was in the 2000s. They were under Pete Carroll. And this is why they went out and they didn't make a lame internal hire like when they promoted from within, you know, with, with Clay Helton previously. Or when they hired Steve Sarkeesian or Lane Kiffin, guys that had ties to Pete Carroll. They went out and hired one of the brightest offensive minds in all of college football, a, a coach who had taken three teams to the college football playoffs in his first three years, had a couple of Heisman Trophy winners, a couple of number one picks. This is what USC expected. I don't know if they, like you said, I don't know if they expected this in year one, but this is why they went and hired Lincoln Riley to get them back to glory. And this is where the transfer portal plays such a huge role in that it was a quick fix. You know, we, we've seen college coaches come in and say they got to clean the underbelly. They got to clean the program. They got to change the culture. Well, now you can change that culture in eight weeks, 12 weeks by the time spring football starts and get the product that the athletic department is paying for from a coaching standpoint to turn around as soon as possible. And that's one of those things that we saw Oklahoma Twitter. They did not handle the departure of Lincoln Riley well. They felt that they were done dirty. You know, Lincoln Riley even addressed that last week. But the reality is, I think every Oklahoma fan deep down knows they were pissed Lincoln Riley left, not because of how dishonorable it was, but because they knew he was a good enough coach to compete for playoffs year in and year out. That's the reality. And every Oklahoma fan that's listening to this podcast, don't deny it. 
you know that was why you were so salty. And this is why USC pulled out all the stops to get Lincoln Riley to be a playoff contender. And the fact that it's in year one should scare the hell out of the rest of the Pac-12 for the next year until the USC gets to the Big Ten. But it also should serve as a kind of a, you know, a a serving point to Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State that you're going to have some problems controlling that conference if Lincoln Riley can turn things around as quickly as he did. Yeah, USC, as it was already a very attractive destination, uh, considering the location, considering the tradition and the prestige that that program has, then you tack on Lincoln Riley as a recruiter, as an offensive mind, as a producer of talent, as a as a coach that's going to get your 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 basically your product exposed for the NFL and and really give you a brand to build on and it, listen if you make the college football playoff in year one watch out I think all bets are off USC can then take their recruiting up a different level right right now they're pushing for a top ten class they've got a number of prospects that are still up on the board but but if they make the playoff then you're thinking about USC as a potential top five recruiting class in 2024 and beyond right you, you think about the type of players that they're going to get in for the recruits and the battles that they can then get in for when they do you know essentially have that to sell to, to prospects dj lagway one of the better quarterbacks in the 2024 class is expected to be in los angeles this weekend for the notre dame game uh you know and he's he's got a number of schools high up on his list he wants to make a decision fairly quickly and that could be you know a really big boost especially after missing out on dylan rayola earlier in the recruiting cycle who who eventually committed to Ohio State and and obviously to tack on another highly coveted quarterback after landing Malachi Nelson and then after landing Caleb Williams in the transfer portal I think that'd be a, a significant thing to watch so obviously USC trending upward and for the rest of the Pac-12 that could be a scary sight but you know that's I think that's what the Pac-12 has needed uh and so you know it, it's it's a double-edged sword there you you, you kind of have to take it and take that lump and know that your talent is going to be able to stay home if USC is the top dog. And, um, you know, I think right now they are the the top dog and, and look good to make the college football playoff from USC being really good to a couple programs that haven't been good, but are trying to turn things around. That would be ASU and Colorado and, and Huff. Are we overreacting when we wonder that they have to move really fast on their hires, essentially, you know, this coming weekend after the regular season ends? I think with the way the recruiting cycle has expedited so quickly with the transfer portal, remember this was the year that they pushed back the day you can actually officially go into the portal. Big or Ivy Leaguers started going in today. FCS regular season was over uh, this weekend with the playoffs being announced. You're starting to see some action. But let's be honest, Blair, the real action is going to start on Monday, December 5th after the college football playoff is announced. And that's when you're going to see the, the, the hirings being done. If you remember last year, you had the regular season end on Saturday. I think it was the 27th. On the 28th, Lincoln Riley left for USC. On the 29th, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU. you got to have those coaches in place no later, in my opinion, than that Monday because that gives you a week to kind of get your staff together, get your your your, your coaching staff, your assistants, your make yourself available to move because come that Monday after the playoffs are, are announced, the transfer portal is going to go ham. Remember last year, Oregon lost Mario Cristobal, what was it, on Wednesday or Thursday? After the playoff, 
And then word didn't start leaking out about Dan Lanning until Friday. Well, that was a visit weekend. So Oregon had one weekend where they even had a coach on campus to recruit. And Oregon was trying to keep a lot of those guys on board. And with guys making the decisions earlier, the earlier you can get a coach, the earlier you're, if your coach leaves and you can turn around and hire your coach yourself, the better position you're going to be in. So ASU in Colorado, you fired coaches to get ahead of this. And now here we are, November 21st, 22nd, and neither school has a coach yet. You've got to be quick on the draw. Yeah, and if I'm reading the calendar correctly, Huff, it, it, it sounds like the contact period begins December 2nd uh, with the quiet period beginning on December 18th, which is a few days before the early signing period. Uh, there is a dead period from December 19th through January 12th. So that would give essentially a new coach to build a staff and to have you know these off-campus contacts per prospect, what, 16 days? So that's essentially two weeks to really fire things off. So, I, you know, I, I say this, I, I say that to say this, ASU, Colorado, they didn't, they didn't make those early decisions to let go of their head coaches or to make the changes that they needed to make without that intention, right? To know that they needed to move fast. You, you don't, you don't fire a coach or you don't make a change early in the season only to drag things out and, and to maybe wait until the next year or closer to the clo closer to the February signing period like the whole point is to get out in front of it and to make sure you have things in, in line for you to be able to make that pitch and to close quickly on a candidate and then that would help you recruit before the early signing period I think that's th that's the key so keep an eye on Tempe keep an eye on Boulder I think that's that's going to be interesting to see where it goes we've heard a little bit of rumblings right Huff that there's been already a few interviews here and there when it pertains especially to ASU the name Deion Sanders has been thrown around for Colorado as his name continues to surface on a number of of um, you know openings uh, ASU has been kind of you know been labeled or I guess tagged as well with with Deion Sanders and and when you look at some of the stuff that prospects from the state of Arizona were able to do just this past weekend alone. Huff, right? Spencer Rattler had a, a huge game against Tennessee. Bijan Robinson had a huge game against Kansas. You got Benjamin Morrison with, uh, with you know, I think, what, three more interceptions against Boston College? I mean, that's really indicative of the type of talent that ASU would be going after. So it's, it's huge, I think, for that program specifically to make a splash higher. Has there been a program out West that has had more top players taken from its own backyard more than Arizona State? I mean, we people in Washington can talk about, you know, how miserable they are that JT Tumoluau and, and Mecca Ibuka left Seattle to go to Ohio State. But there's been a lot of Seattle guys that have stayed local. Arizona State has had more players leave that Phoenix Metroplex and go national and really flourish. I mean, UCLA and USC are always going to have that because of just the sheer number of kids from Southern California. But Arizona State, I feel, you know, you and I have talked about that for almost three years on this podcast about if those guys could stay home. Well, now you bring in a big name head coach who can recruit and attract. And now all of a sudden those guys aren't leaving. And that changes the entire complexion of the Pac-12 recruiting race. Yeah, 100%. We're going to take a short break, but after the break, we're going to get into some recruiting buzz as well as the recruit performance of the week. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Back on the West of the Rest podcast, Blair Angulo with Brandon Huffman. Huff, what's your Instagram account? Because I don't think we can plug Twitter accounts for very much longer, apparently. Hey, I am at Brandon Huffman 247 on the Instagrams. A lot of nice little cool edits that come from our guy Ted Hyman in the graphic department. Some of my own homemade stuff, which I'm not good. I'm a football guy. I'm not a graphic guy, but Brandon Huffman 247. It's a good place to find me on the gram. I need to still build one. You know, I've been so reliant on the little bird app that uh, I've kind of been negligent. I, I don't really go on Instagram as much as maybe I should, but then that's a clear indication now that uh, I need to kind of, you know, make a move. And and so maybe, you know, eventually I'll plug that that new uh, that new handle and, and we can get the Instagram going as well. Uh, recruit buzz from this last week, uh, a few commitments to go over. Uh, and let's start off with uh, last week, Abraham Jojo Johnson Huff. He uh, committed to Oregon State. That's a prospect we got to see late in the spring. Um, I think uh, maybe overlooked uh, is, is, is a proper way to maybe describe him a bit unassuming you go to utah and you sometimes you see these really big physical defensive linemen that can kind of move blockers uh and be really physical he's more of a finesse player that i think is still developing physically but i really like the pickup by the beavers this is a player who uh i think the best football is ahead of him he, he's still scratching the surface of his potential and uh, it was it was a a really nice pickup i think for oregon state this is how they've been building the foundation of their program defensive lineman ashton Sanders committed Oklahoma over the weekend. He's from LA, previously committed to Cal, but picks up a, a Sooners offer earlier this this uh, fall and uh, is now going to be playing his football in the SEC when Oklahoma eventually moves over to that conference. And then 2024 four-star offensive tackle Fox Crater committed to Oregon over the weekend. Huff, what do you got on Crater to the Ducks? I think that's a very good pickup for Oregon. You know, he's in Vancouver. So while that's the state of Washington, Vancouver is basically a suburb of Portland. It's almost an Oregon kid. It might be an in-state kid for Washington, but he's really an Oregon kid. But that's a big pickup for Adrian Klein to get a 2024. They've got their first commitment in the 2024 class was from an actual in-state kid, but they're clearly trying to address that kind of area recruiting with AJ Pugliano, now Fox Crater. He's a, I saw him, I've seen him play two different games over the last two years, seen him in a number of camps. He's a basketball player as well. He's got like a 79 inch wingspan, uh, long arms, very athletic. And as he continues to get stronger and develop as a football player with his basketball background, he's got a chance to be a really good player in college. You know, I'm not comparing him to, to Colton Miller, but a, a lot of physical traits similar to Colton Miller, who Adrian Clem recruited at UCLA and then ended up being a first round draft pick of the Oakland, or I guess they were the Oakland Raiders at the time, now the Las Vegas Raiders. 
But Clem definitely has a type. He likes those athletic guys that can bend, that have great flexibility. And I think Fox Crater kind of fits that mold. Vancouver kids are from Oregon. Duly noted, Huff. It's kind of like Vegas kids being from the Illinois Empire. Exactly. Uh, I I I think we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, there's going to be a, a number of visitors. Make sure you stay locked in at 247sports.com. Uh, later this week, after the Thanksgiving break, I'm sure a lot of prospects will be hitting the road, especially that big game uh, on Saturday, USC Notre Dame inside the Coliseum as as USC tries to put a finishing bow on their regular season. The recruit performance of the week comes from Austin Mack, who's a player who made a huge jump up into the new top 24-7 for the 2024 class. Seven touchdowns last week, Huff. What a way for him to make a lot of people look really smart. He gets moved <laughs> start two weeks ago, moves in the top two, four, seven, then goes out and throws seven touchdowns against a very good Central Catholic team in Modesto. Uh, also became a composite four-star as well, so he's a four-star across the board. I was out of Texas two weeks ago, went down there for an unofficial visit. Stanford will probably have him on campus on Saturday when they take on BYU for an unofficial visit. He's been their top 2024 target for some time, uh, along with Elijah Brown and Miles Jackson. But I think he was the first guy that Stanford offered in the 2024 class. And they have a full-time quarterback on the roster right now in Ari Patu, who's likely the heir when Tanner McKee decides to leave for the NFL and make that next step. So Austin Mack, a guy, 6'6", 210-pounder, who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And what he did is he threw for seven touchdowns three days after, two days after he moved to the top two, four, seven. That's a mistake you don't want to make. And boy, Austin, thanks for making us look really smart. And Stanford, on the topic of it, they will be hosting BYU this weekend, and they're expecting a couple official visitors as well, right? They are. And so they've got two guys, aren't from the Sacramento area, but are, interestingly enough, from the East Bay, where Stanford just was on Saturday in losing the big game to Cal on the 40-year anniversary of the play. Stanford lost to Cal after having a double-digit lead, but they are going into the East Bay, kind of going into two schools that there has been a history of Cal recruiting. One is at Oakland Tech, where Marshawn Lynch played before he went to Cal. They've got Omar Staples, a uh, edge from Oakland Tech, coming in for an official visit. And then to really hit close to home, they've got Berkeley High School athlete Jackson Harris, who Cal offered about a month ago. They've got him coming in on an official visit this weekend, too. So, you know, Stanford might have lost the big game, but they are trying to recruit in the, the big the city. Yeah, I mean, and that's the issue right now, I think, with Stanford is that they're kind of caught in between, right? We don't know the future of David Shaw, you know, for for the longest time, he seems untouchable when it comes to the future of that program. He's accomplished so much. He had that program essentially battling out for Rose Bowls seemingly every year. Uh, they recruit nationally. They recruit on a different level than in all our programs out West. Uh, but there's also the the one, you know, you, you wonder what the future of that program looks like. Not the best seasons recently. Uh, the results just haven't been there. And, and you just wonder, is there going to be a change there at some point? But they're still recruiting pretty pretty well for, you know, given the circumstances and and also uh, appear to not be slowing down. Like they're still pushing for a lot of guys. So that's one program that's that's really interesting to monitor. It is Thanksgiving week, Huff. And, and I did want to say I am thankful and grateful that this podcast made a return this year. How about that? So good. I mean, it, it makes the year end just so much better when we know we have this to look forward to. You know why, Blair? Because we hear the sweet, sweet strains of the ukulele, that means we are just mere weeks away for the Polynesian Bowl, where the birthplace of the West of the Rest 
Kingdom. It is. We are we are two months away actually from uh, from the Polynesian Bowl in January out in beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii, and uh, we will continue to bring you shows up and 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 leading into the early signing period and then beyond as we approach that big game, and then we'll continue right the off season begins essentially right after that weekend with tournaments, seven on seven camps, showcases, the spring evaluation period, then official visits. And then before you know it, we're talking about the early signing period next year as well. So a lot to cover. I hope everyone has a terrific Thanksgiving week. We will be back the following week with another edition of the West of the Rest podcast. Remember, if you like the show, please help us out. Give us those five stars, follow the podcast, leave a review, and also remember to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. For Brandon Huffman and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.